Roll it. They encourage, they empower, and they equip. Don't look around thinking, who knows these things? Look around and, and, and ask yourself, who would be interested to learn these things? They encourage, they empower, and they equip. Some people don't know that they can contribute or why they have a part to play. They encourage, they empower, and they equip. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the number one resource for church tech. With your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider, it's time to press start. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith, Phil Schneider on sabbatical, and the very cool Blessing Mbofu. Um, he is still in South Africa, but you're not in your usual Cape Town. Oh no, you're on the road, are you not, Blessing? On the road again. Yes, I am. I'm in Johannesburg at the moment. So cool. So cool. Um, we we decided that uh, we... <laughs> Jeremy, once again, delivered the topic of this week's episode. Um, actually, in my defense, Jeremy, um, I have been bringing some topics to the table. High quality topics, in fact. Thank you. Thank you. I do appreciate that. None of which I can think off the top of my head. So... I will digress from this topic. You came up with the idea of how to get volunteers. And, you know, it's really good timing for this because as we record this early August, uh, probably, we'll probably drive it sometime this month or early September. But as we kind of transition here from summer to fall and there's there's friends of mine that their kids have already started school. There's some kids, uh, there's some friends of mine whose kid children have not started school. It's a, it's a real mixed bag, but you know, we're gearing up, we're getting ready to do all the things as we head into fall and kind of finish up the year. Um, and yeah, when you're doing stuff at church, then you need volunteers. So how do you get them? So the reason I asked this question, the reason I would like to know this answer is because for the past six months, I've been leading a lie. I have not been personally myself engaged in church tech because we had moved to Ohio. Well, I guess a year um, because we moved to Ohio and we get acclimated. Yeah. Had to get acclimated, had to get, um, figure out which church we were going to go to, had to, start to do the job right yeah um but i hadn't been involved at all in ministry in general so um as of this last sunday i finally put in my request to engage in some ministry stuff um but it, it took a little while and now i'm jumping into looking at doing ministry not that i'm officially part of the group yet but um wanting to do that now well see this is this is where i think someone like yourself jeremy is a little bit of an enigma because you were like, hey, I want to do something. Um, I, I think that's definitely an exception to the rule, for sure. Well, not only an enigma, but then also, like, I ha- I didn't necessarily have, like, a nothing against my church. And I realized I'm going to be bashing them here in a second. Um, but I didn't have, a, like, a super positive experience on how to get there because their website's super minimal in um, promoting volunteer work. So is that going to be your first thing yeah. you volunteer for is the the, the digital face of your church? I will say as a previous leader um, coming into a ministry and saying, hey, I should do this is the last thing I definitely want to do. It's more of a, oh, yeah. is my skills, what would you like, how could I best serve the church? So I want to try to... Wow, maybe that should be another topic we do sometime, like how to approach a church if you want to volunteer. That might be, yeah. I want to scratch that one down. That would be... Almost more interesting than this topic. It would be. Mm. It would definitely be a tough one for sure. Well, we'll have to noodle on that one, especially as you ease into this. As you, you know, when it's still fresh in your mind, we're gonna we're gonna need to tackle that that episode. Because in my mind, 
Yeah, I, I really like that. I really like that idea. So we'll we'll tackle that tackle that again in the future. Now we've talked before about volunteers. I'm sure. I mean, we're a hundred and some odd podcasts in, but in my mind, this is a completely fresh topic because it has been so long. Um, if, if there's two things that church tech, church ministries of any shape or size faces, the top two things that ministries face at a church is finance, you know, budget, whatever, having funds and resources that resources that they need, and the second being volunteers. And they they are by far the highest two of anything else. Um, and in some cases, or I should say in many cases, volunteer uh, the lack of volunteers or needing volunteers even trumps budget. Um, and that goes that's the same that goes with uh the, the the tech side as well, which is some of the the largest budgets for churches. Mm, mm, yeah, I think it's it's quite interesting. You talk about, I mean, you mentioned these two things. Um, maybe a side note would be interesting in that um, often when we're budgeting at a church level, we never stop to think about what value volunteers are bringing. Uh, you know, like if you imagine you had to, um, what what you call this, like put a value, a monetary value on it. Um, and so I think one of the big things, one of the ways that you get volunteers is really obvious. Um, but I've seen that happen a few times in church life where people don't ask in the first place. Um, you know, people, I've, I've met teams who are so frustrated and I say, but we're, you know, like people don't want to be involved. And I'm like, which people, you know, the people who do this stuff. And I'm like, okay, is there, do you have anyone in mind in particular? And then, and then, yeah, you know, like that person and that person does that on their job and they do nothing and say, have you spoken to them? Uh, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's an excellent point blessing. And one thing that we've experienced here at church mag is this thing with topics, um, it, trust me, I'll, I'll I'll get this turned around to the volunteer thing. When it comes to topics, we're like we're like uh, oh, we can't talk about that. We've talked about it before, <laughs> or we wrote a blog post about that before, or we did a podcast before. When did you do it? You know, when did we do it? Years ago, once amongst hundreds and hundreds of posts. Yeah, that's what it feels like to be in the in, in you know in the pew or or you know not in a place of volunteerism, right? Or maybe you are a volunteer and you haven't even heard the call for it. Um, it's easy to think, oh, well, we did that announcement last Sunday. Or no, we did that announcement three Sundays ago. Or we had a booth in the back, in the back for a few weeks. Or, you know, these different things. And, you know, it takes all of that a lot, you know. Um, my, my church every year, uh, probably even coming up soon, they, they do kind of a big push for all of the ministries. I, I, there was a the, the church at New Life Church in Colorado Springs I went to many many years ago. They did the same thing every every year or maybe um, every six months or or however it was. They would have a big a big push, and all the ministries would have a booth, and you could go check them out and volunteer and and do this kind of thing. And it was also to promote um, healthy volunteerism, where you could switch it up, like. What am I going to do this quarter or this semester or this year? Like maybe instead of doing Usher, I should do parking lot or instead of doing parking lot, I should do soundboard so that it kept people engaged, uh, fresh. There wasn't an issue of burnout or clicks and, uh, it, you know, more opportunity to meet new people. And they kind of kept it mixed up. So, I mean, big, broad, you know, overlooking, overarching for the whole church that works. But there are times even in the middle of the year 
you know, if you have a lightweight team or you go, hey, Eric, you know, my church is 100 people or 150 people, that's not exactly how it works. And I totally get that. And I think that that comes to your point, Blessing, and that is you need to ask. My understanding as far as big churches is actually volunteer um, recruitment and enrollment is super tough compared to smaller churches, at least per mm. like the race. I heard that Sunday. A friend of mine was talking about that. They said uh, they, they they were talking with a friend of theirs who went to a large church. And again, you know, this is this is one experience, but it just bolsters and reinforces the point you're making here, Jeremy. Their their friends were like, "Wow, that's amazing! How many volunteers you got? We would be lucky to get that percentage of our congregation to come out." Yeah, wow. Even though you hear ten and fifty, a hundred volunteers, and the ratio of things, it's like pennies it's it's barely anything right yeah and you know one thing when it comes to the apparently i have more thoughts on this than i originally thought um when it comes to the tech side of things also you know you brought up a really good point uh blessing about the cost right and we need to really measure the human cost and the the human bandwidth that we have and we need to take in consideration that there are tools maybe upgrades in equipment or there is a piece of software or there is an online something or other that could ease the the pain points and the human bandwidth that is spent right uh we've talked about this before like a church that wants to prepare their social media you know, it falls on a volunteer and they have to be practically on standby to let that stuff out. But if they would spend, say, $10 a month on a buffer account, they could save that person time. They could get more people involved, right? All for just $10 a month. And that $10 a month is far cheaper. Or my favorite, this is my favorite. This is my favorite web hosting. When it comes to tech, web hosting in churches, They're like, wait. We can get Bluehost for $4 a month, and you want to spend $20, $30 a month on this web hosting over at this other place? Yeah. Why? Because you're not going to get a virus. If you do or something poor happens, right, you have somebody you can reach out to, and they will help you far more than the cheap place, right? So while it's costing the church, you know, 10 maybe $15 more a month, in the end, what it would cost to pay a professional to address that, it is far, far cheaper, not to mention the, the, the less of a headache and the, the less of the burnout and all these different things. So absolutely key point blessing. You have to count the human costs. So if yeah. you guys were in charge of a church tech ministry, of a ministry that needed um, volunteers, at least at the very beginning, how would you recruit? What would you guys do? Uh, well, I think... Yeah. So, so I mean, there's the practical stuff, and then there's the um, the other stuff that frames the uh, the context for that. I think the first thing would be a description for me, from my perspective at least, a a uh, description of what um, what being a Christ follower means, um, and. And basically, for me, that's basically the foundation around that in terms of teaching. Um, I think I think uh, some people don't know that they can contribute or why um, they have a, a part to play. So the first thing for me would be really around education, um, you know, whether it's from the pulpit or in small groups. Mm-hmm. But I definitely do something about, you know, hey, we've all been given a gift to use. Uh, now, you would do this as the church tech leader as opposed to the pastor and elder? Yeah, why not? Um, why not lead up and ask them to 
um, maybe even ask the church leader to maybe do, if your church does a podcast, do a series on that or, mm-hmm. or develop some content, um, you know, for socials or that goes on, on your website. Um, I, I, I think it could even just be putting up some Uncle Sam posters. I know that's cheesy, but, <laughs> you know, it could be putting that up, um, uh, you know, in, around the church or in your bathrooms, depending on what spaces you use for things like that. Um, an example, uh, I remember um, our fire department once ran a campaign about like how many people does it take to put out a cigarette? Uh, because we take a whole lot of, I mean, we sometimes get fires and, um, and there were, there were like, there were like probably a couple of hundred firefighters and fire trucks and, um, on that poster, it was very, it was quite, quite a cool poster. But the point that was there was that they actually help give perspective in terms, hey, do you know what it actually takes, um, to serve our community? You know, so I'd creatively think about other channels I'd use, uh, in, in terms of communicating that besides the platform from the pastor. I was just going to say really quick, you had asked why not. I think that a lot of people in church tech in general, whether they're staff, whether they are volunteers, don't necessarily see them. If they wanted to do the ministry side of things, they would have joined the evangelism team, discipleship team, pastoral mm-hmm. team, um, mm-hmm. elders, worship, all those other ones. And I, so I guess even like the children's ministry, you're still ministering to the youth, whereas church tech, um, mm-hmm. rightfully or wrongly, uh, I would say typically has a more hands-off approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's about saying, bringing the perspective back and saying, look, um, we, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, church tech helps facilitate the, uh, you, you know, the church life in, in a different way. And, 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 uh, again, coming back to, uh, the education, uh, education piece where you're saying, look, this matters as well. Um, this matters as well. I think it's, it's again, comes back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I think a lot of church tech uh, uh, people do is, or might, or might not be doing is give a very clear description of what it is they need help in, you know? Um, hey guys, we need volunteers. That doesn't really, um, but if you say, hey, we need a web developer or we need someone to um, design stuff for us, uh, sometimes I find people respond better to uh, specific opportunities where you can say, these are the areas we need help in. And someone will either say, hey, I know so, oh, did you know this person does that? Or why don't you speak to John? Or, um, you know, so. So I think the other thing that I would definitely do would be to put it down to write or, I mean, kind of just draw up a, a list and say, hey, these are the people that we need. Um, you know, yeah, that's the other place. I like that second option where you had talked about people saying, hey, what about this person, which would require your church to know what the gifts are, what some of the talents are of those people and have some uh, interactions, maybe not even specifically the church tech person, but the general culture of the church is like, I know for our church, when we do discipleship or 
um, new member groups that you have to write down, like, what are some of your background? Like, what, did, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Um, and what have been some of your past volunteering special gifts if you want to do some kind of, like, leadership mm-hmm. um, role? And yeah. so I wrote, I got to write down all those things. Now they didn't necessarily approach me. It's been a year yeah. since I've written that down. So I would say there's needs to be some follow-up, but yeah. that could also be a thing where you're just passively asking them, Hey, what is it you do? What is it you enjoy to do on the hobbies? Um, what interests yeah. do you have just in general? Yeah. I think, I think one of the biggest mistakes that is made when someone is trying to assemble any team, not just a church tech team, but any team, is you automatically try to think of who's qualified. And I think that that is probably the number one mistake team builders in the church make. They think, okay, well, who knows sound? Who knows who knows websites? Who knows these things? Well, chances are nobody does. Um, and so that's your number one mistake. Uh, the, the number two thing that you need to do, and I would recommend, is... It, it, not not something that you should avoid, but what you should do, and that is you need to make it fun. Like think church mag. Back back in the day when I was putting together the AV team, I took a picture of the A team, the A team van, and everything. Used the same font, and I said, "Join the AV team," is what is what it said, and uh, that was that was kind of the outreach to get people interested. But that's not actually how the team was built. That was actually starting the conversation, so that when I approached people. They knew what I was referring to. And see, this is where you have to use your communication skills, your marketing skills to 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 work every angle and every side. You don't put up the sign or the slide or the announcement and say that that's good. You have to make a follow-up. That just primes the pump. That gets people thinking. That lets people know what's going on so that when you approach them, they know what the heck is going on. Okay? So they know what you're talking about. So you don't have to explain it all. Okay? The next thing you need to do is you need to look at... Look at everyone in your congregation, and you need to stop. You, you need to not put people in a box. You need to not think about age. You need to not think about sex. You need not to think about any of those things. And you need to think who who here in the church has or appears to have some sort of aptitude for this, because more than likely, your best volunteers are going to be the ones that you're going to need to you're going to need to train from from start to finish. They don't know that they don't know that when they look at a soundboard, they see a whole lot of knobs. So you invite them and, and you train them and you say, actually, it's not. It's actually X amount of channels and every channel has the same thing. It just repeats itself over and over. Right. Like that's like lesson one. Right. And then you just begin to train them and show them how to do it. And you just little by little. And then, uh, and then once once they're trained, and you, maybe you get somebody else to come along, I've I've overseen the new person that was trained train the new new person, right? And through that teaching process, it really solidifies it with them. But you're overseeing it. If they forget something or they're wrong about something or whatever, you're just chilling out. And what's interesting is that then there becomes some commotion around what you're doing. There's some energy, and I found that. Um, our sound booth would become full of people because they're like, you know, you have one person in there and then you have another extra person in there and then so-and-so wants to talk to so-and-so so they're like, I wonder what they're doing and they don't feel like they, they can't go up there and before you know it, you have like this group of people and then more people are interested and it just creates this 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 cycle and this just like synergy and excitement and energy and it's a whole lot of fun. And as you're, as you're doing that as the leader, then you need to be careful, you know, how you schedule people, um, because you don't want to burn people out. 
You know, if you can get yourself where you have somebody doing it once a month, that's super, you know. Um, and so, and, and then always make yourself available if something goes poorly. You know, you see something going a little fishy. As a leader, you zip up there and help them as fast as they can. You deal with any flack, any negative stuff. You know, you just, you know, do the leadership thing. Um, but I, I think, and this is something Phil would say, you know, when he was, when he was young, that was like his jam. He didn't know anything about it. They plopped him in front of the soundboard and said, run this here. And that was that, right? And so that's what you got to do. Don't, don't look around thinking who knows these things. Look around and, and, and ask yourself, who would be interested to learn these things? Yeah. Yeah. And then teach them. I offer one barrier to all this. I think all this is great advice. And there's one barrier that affects all of us. Mm-hmm. What about the fact that every single other ministry in your church is also looking for volunteers and probably short supply? Well, see, too. this is where, Jeremy, the church tech team has the advantage over every single stinking ministry in the church. <laughs> the church tech is the most awesome and the coolest and the most elite ministry <laughs> in the building. You get a touch the most expensive equipment in the house. You get to mess with the shiny, the jumpy, the lighty, the coolness. You get it. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, I think uh, I think to go around that one, Jeremy, I uh, would play them that clip of what Eric just said. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> not. Um yeah, to go around that one, I think one of the things that um, one of the things I can think of would be where church, where like if you're a team leader, for example, I would talk to other team leaders in the church. Often you mm-hmm. find that uh, someone would do better in a certain area, and 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 probably also address. I don't know. I'm just suspecting, but sometimes. You know, it's possible that even ministries are competing, whether they know it or not, uh, for for people. But I think it's good to say up front, hey, guys, can we just sit around the table and just, um, you know, talk about what's happening with volunteers? See, Blessing, I I partially disagree because I don't think that many people volunteer. I think what, what ministries do is they compete for the same few people that are willing to volunteer. And that's where I think if you are this, – this is like church This is like church growth where you just get people that used to go to that church and now they're going to your church. That's not church growth. That's just church shifting. If there's anything that you need to do when it comes to volunteerism in your church is not – not participate in the nonsense of volunteer shifting. You need to get fresh and new volunteers and get those that aren't volunteering anywhere else. That is the goal mine. If you as a ministry leader within your church can figure that out and be able to get new recruits, you're going to beat out every other ministry in your church getting volunteers. I agree and I disagree. I think that people do uh, shift, but I also think that everybody is also competing because they all have the same platform. They're all using Sunday or the bulletin or the church website. They're all using the same platforms to say, Hey, we have, or we need volunteers. That's why you have to, that's why you have to 
be personable. You have to you have to get to know people and and be able to approach them. And like Blessing said, if you have any team members, depending on the size of your church, you can lean on them some and ask them if they can think of anybody and approach them. It, it, it it's got to be relationship. And if you're the people, if you don't know the people in your congregation enough to begin to begin launching out to try to figure out who you need to volunteer, then I would I would challenge the fact that your church has a bigger problem than volunteers. Well, the other thing that I, I, I was um. I was thinking, Eric, was that the sometimes what happens is someone is misplaced, um, you know. So, for instance, they're in children's ministry, but they actually uh, would be better, uh, you know, doing lighting. Or, or uh, it's or, a situation where someone's like, "Oh, you're a teacher. Why don't you come teach our Sunday school?" And they're thinking, "I do it five days a week." Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so that's kind of because that ha- that's a, that's a struggle as well. Yeah. So, no, I, I completely agree with you. I'm not knocking the idea of of you know shifting volunteers. I'm just saying that the key, one of the keys mm-hmm. to your lack of volunteers, is that you're not mining. <laughs> you're not mining fresh volunteers. Yeah. I will say that I think I when we last talked about volunteers, so I'm reusing an idea from last time. But I think it's important enough to be said that you can have a, a unique characteristic of volunteers that are serving. So, um, children's ministry, worship, and um, the the evangelism team probably have a certain set of people that they're looking for. The people that are outgoing, carefree, and I'm going to speak to the the true um, overgeneralization of this, but people that don't necessarily want to go and step out of their comfort zone may be really good fits for you, but they still want to serve. I think people that can't dedicate a ton of time um, as far as like going on Wednesday night or other times, but that Sunday when they're there, they can dedicate everything before. Absolutely. I I think that that is a huge key. The right there is the, if someone says that they can't or they don't want to, you need to dig down and ask the ask the real questions as to why. If they just say, I don't like it or I don't feel comfortable, then great. But if they say, well, you know, you guys have those meetings or you expect this or that and maybe they're wrong or you say, well, let's change it or let's let's figure out something else. If, if that's a roadblock for them, it might be a roadblock for somebody else. They're probably saying no to those other ministries for very specific reasons why they may say yes to your ministry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find one of the experiences I've had is that uh, a lot of a lot of churches, um, or some churches, um, have 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 very rigid volunteer structures. So if I don't fit into making every meeting every week, uh, or if I don't, um, you know, if I can't serve every week, um, you know, then I'm in some sense disqualified, and so. I think it's it's also you know that that comes back to being personable, where you're able to engage people and say, um, you know, what makes it difficult for you to be involved? Right. That, that that's the churches that run more like a business and less like a family. Yeah, is what yeah. you're saying, and yeah. you know that's unfortunate. And this 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 you know all this stems from your church culture. You know what whatever your whatever problem you face regarding volunteerism, really you know does tie tightly with your church culture as well you know uh, you can't you can't underestimate that but you know as as you guys have outlined 
even within those systems and even with those kind of cultural aspects, there, there are some things that you can, you can do and, and kind of think around and, and work your way around those roadblocks. Let I me think. give two generalizations of people I think don't fit in very well. I'm not saying they never will, but don't fit well within other cultures. And maybe as a starting point for you. And I get these are generalizations, but mm-hmm. the, yeah. um, the mother, the stay at home mom, um, the stay at home mom probably doesn't want to deal with snotty kids because that's what they deal with at home. Um, they're probably, yeah. like you had said, blessing a little bit burnout because that's what they did before. And mm-hmm. so they, they want to pick something else, something that will rejuvenate them, or at the very least, they're they're stretching themselves. And so- or, they're, or because they're a mother, they're passionate about it. Like, yeah. I don't know. This this is so this I'm just saying this is very broad yeah, it is. in its generalization that, that that aspect could cut both ways. I could see it could. But it, it's good. It's good to get people thinking, though. I agree with that. I don't I don't want to. My wife wants to go serve at the nursery. I don't. I told her I don't really want to serve in the nursery this year. She asked me to do that. She asked me if I want if I wanted to do the volunteering because she wants to. Initially, I said, okay, go ahead. And then afterwards, I'm like, you know, what? I really want to do the church tech stuff. I don't want to deal with the kids. Not that the kids themselves are bad because I love my kids. I love um, all precious God, little ones, whatever. But I, but I really want to maybe not have to deal with change. I mean, I'm not, we're not allowed to change diapers at their, at our church. So I think, I think the heart, I think that's huge, Jeremy, because you know, I, I've worked in radio and media for so many years. That's kind of the last thing that I want to be asked to volunteer for. And it's, that's just, that's the fact of the matter. The other thing I will say is I think that teenagers are a perfect um, volunteer because for a lot of stuff, the church won't let them volunteer Um, for other stuff. They're maybe actually really ill-equipped. I know a lot of times I ask high school students to help with junior high. I don't think that's inappropriate, but I think that there's a lot of inappropriate high schoolers doing that um, just because they don't have the mental maturity um, for doing something like that. But at the same time, out of everybody in your church, put them on the sound team, people, anybody in the church who's more technically inclined the elderly person, the, the stay at home mom, the easy now account person or just in general, just being growing up into it. Right. No, you're absolutely right. You know, one of, uh, one of the guys that was on, uh, my sound team, he eventually went to film school and he is a filmmaker. So huge. So huge. <laughs> it's so cool. I remember him being up there in the sound booth and we're hanging and chilling and I was helping, tr- have, I was helping someone else train and we were talking and he's like, yeah, I'm kind of interested in doing this. I'm like, dude, do this train, start training right now. Let's do it. Like start doing Can you it. Imagine if you had said your church tech announcement of, Hey, we need volunteers and we will train you with possible job opportunities in the future because of the tech stuff that you get to do. That's true. Like what, what teenager, what mother or father will say no to that? Yeah. Hmm. I think I, I, I just love the, I mean, this is sort of like a, well, what is it? Like a byproduct, if I can call it that. Of, yeah. uh, I, I can't. Well, let me backtrack. If they had like three thoughts, it's like speed of light. Um, <laughs> um, I think church is, I just love how safe church is uh, in terms of you being able, in particular when it comes to church tech, uh, there's a low barrier of entry in general. Like you don't need to, like you're saying, Eric, you don't need to be an expert and there are people who are able to upskill you. And um, 
Yeah, so so I think you might want to uh, give people that con- reassurance as well up front and say you don't need to know. Um, you, you don't need to know right from the start everything you need to know, but we will help you get up to speed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, that, and that's true with any part of ministry. If you decide to serve in the worship ministry, you need to learn. Well, it. Jeremy, that, that can be the same for, for jobs. When I was looking, when I was hiring for, um, for, for, when I was hiring for the place that I work, that was the number one qualifier was not your tech skill. Because what we were looking for were the unteachables. Because we knew that technology could be taught, but there were there was a skill set there, or an attitude, or a culture, or you know a, a, what your approach, your tone, everything. Those things mm. could not be taught. So I do career counseling as well. It's part of what you have to be able to do if you do. Jeremy, what don't counseling. you do? Well, it's required. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's required. Oh, you hear this? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's required. And ah. I think that um, just the idea of being able to recognize the yes, everybody can learn that doesn't make you special. Yeah. Um, and so all those skills can be learned by anybody, um, your rivals and yourself. It's the dedication that makes you stand out. It's the fact that you are willing to serve, that you have the capacity to serve, that you have the time to serve. Anybody can learn, but not everybody has the time. Anybody can um operates Microsoft um, Office PowerPoints, but only you have the ability or the dedication to get that stuff done. And mm-hmm. so if you're wanting to put yourself out there, that's what you have to do. You'll teach them all the skills, but you need to find a volunteer that is looking, that is offering that and to you. And this, this is going to be a little harsh, but if you're a church tech leader and you're, you're like, oh, I'm going to learn how to get volunteers... If what Jeremy has outlined does not appeal to you, if the idea of training and teaching people and willing to put people out there and be willing to let them make mistakes and be able to help them and be okay with it and learn, if that doesn't sound like your thing, then maybe you need to not be looking for volunteers, but you need to be looking for a replacement because that is what a church tech leader does. They train, they assist, that's what they do. They encourage, they empower, and they equip. And it's all ease, so you can't forget. The question is, do you enjoy the Church Mag podcast? We hope you do. Send us an email, podcast at churchmag, and tell us what you love about the Church Mag podcast. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We love them. Do you like that part of your job where you get to travel? Yeah, I like, I like, um, I like, I like, uh, well, it's within South Africa, it's not, it's not really like, yay, I'm traveling, but, um, sure. seeing, seeing new countries and, uh, that I love. Yeah. Yeah. When, when are you going to visit um, my house? Blessing. Oh, soon. Soon. Good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear the knock on your door? The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Yeah.